You're listening to Empire of Rust, the world's first and only Transformers RPG podcast. Join the fight as Carapace, Rex, Magnum, Wildstrike, and Sweet Spot fight their way through Iacon's underworld against criminal empires and a movement determined to bring an end to the Cybertronian Confederation. Hello, dear listeners. Thank you once again for joining us. This episode marks the beginning of a new chapter in our story. The threat of Hardtop is over, and the threat of Cybertron first is just beginning. These guys have just leveled up and gained a ton of new powers, and believe me, they're going to need them. We met Hardtop and Diurnal in the last episode, and the question of where Transformers live came up. Are there colonies, aside from the ones we've heard about? I think it's a little bit silly to assume that all Cybertronians only live on Cybertron or one of the major colonies. I imagine that there are dozens of planets that have mechanical life that Cybertronians would be welcome on. We saw the Ammonite civilization in the comics and the Junkion civilization in the cartoon. Magnum himself lived on the trading world of Scarvix. So if you're liking what we're doing, would you be so kind as to leave a review, tell a friend, post on the forums, or support the show? The show's unique, and it can appeal to not just Transformers fans, but gamers, role players, and anyone who likes a good story. We're grateful for anything you can do to help spread the word. With that out of the way, welcome to the start of Chapter 3 of Empire of Rust. Welcome back, everyone, to Empire of Rust, to a brand new chapter of our campaign and to start us off we are going to take a look at the rewards we got for the last last chapter you guys finished up and beat up hardtop well not quite beat him up but you, you heard him beat up his uh his partner diurnal wiped the floor with uh harness and all of his people so yeah you guys had a big combat these last couple of last couple of sessions didn't you it was intense so why don't we start off with uh, you, Sweet Spot? No, I'm not going to start off with you. I'm going to flip the order on this one. Magnum, you're going first. Oh dear. You leveled up to three. So talk about what you got. You uh, For level three, you guys had to pick a uh, a new feat in addition to all of the, uh, the class stuff that you got from your class. Uh, so the way that works is as you level in the game, you're going to pick up abilities and pick up feats and pick up all this cool stuff from your class. But every odd level, you also get a bonus feat that you get that can be from pretty much from anywhere. It can be from your class list. It can be from the base Starfinder, uh, whichever it is you like. So Magnum, tell us what, uh, or I'd say, Matt, tell us what you uh, chose for Magnum in Pythagoras. What, uh... Pythagoras didn't level up because he is, he is a companion and he's only going to be half of Magnum's level plus one. So he doesn't level up until next time. I gotcha. But uh, Magnum leveled up to level three. He, um, he took as a class ability something called Mental Acuity 1, which is the first step basically lets him add his headmaster bonus, which is the plus two to wisdom he gets from having Pythagoras as his head, to all his skill checks. All skill checks? All skill checks. Nice. And as a feat, he took something called Roll Out and Ride, which basically means he can transform and have one or more willing characters be sort of in his pilot space, or in, in his case, since he's a building, it's an inter- interior. It would work as a cockpit for a different type of alt mode, that sort of thing. Cool. 
So that's it. And you're big enough to. Are you big enough yet to fit all these guys in you? Or yeah, still? yeah, it should be big enough. It's not humongous, but it would be a big enough. I think a huge building can hold four, at least four. So, Mike, you had uh, two characters to level, didn't you? That's right. What's this nonsense with two characters? Are you going to pick one and just play one? I try, but then you make it difficult for me. <laughs> Wild Strike's been kind of in the background because of the uh, shenanigans he's been trying to get into. So it's just been easier to play Zephyr as a main character. But I leveled up both of them. Um, Wild Strike actually took skill synergy as his feat. Um, that allows him to take two non-class skills as class skills. And I took Bluff, since I've been using that a lot. And Stealth, since he's supposed to be a stealth fighter. He hasn't been very stealthy lately, has he? No. <laughs> those, those buildings never saw him coming. <laughs> that is true. The bigger they are, the louder they fall. <laughs> Zephyr, for his class ability, uh, went to Improviser 2, which gives him a plus one to disable device when using the engineering skill. And as his feat, he took weapon specialization for advanced melee weapons. Not too bad at all. Oh, man, Rex, you had a lot of leveling to do, didn't, didn't you? Not really. The herd doesn't go up. For Rex's feet, I took armor boost to uh, boost my armor so I don't get shot as easily. And the class ability, I took bolster, which I can give the herd, I think, my charisma bonus as armor. If they're close enough, something like that in battle. Things are just going to happen. <laughs> so, Pat, what, uh, what's up with Carapace today? Well, How's he doing? Carapace is just getting tougher, which is kind of his, his MO. Uh, obviously, I got a lot of extra uh, stamina and hit points, which is nice. My armor class went up one, just because I've leveled up. And my feet, I took uh, weapon specialization... Uh, heavy weapons. So all of my heavy weapons, which is almost everything that I wield, gets plus three additional damage. Um, in addition to that, my class ability I took Blaster Mode 1, which allows me to add plus one to hit with all of my ranged attacks, which again is mostly what I do. So I effectively gain plus one to hit and plus three to damage with all sorts of stuff. So you're telling me they got to raise the CR of everything I'm doing? Nope. Revealing how tough these guys can be. <laughs> If you just keep doing that, then there's no point in me actually increasing my character. <laughs> oh, you'll, you'll, you'll be fine. The rest of us are going to get clobbered. <laughs> <laughs> well, those of us I am the top. actual tank, so like, I'm going to be doing a lot of damage and taking a lot of damage. So, Sweet Spot, what took you so long? <laughs> you opted to have me go last, which I, is only fair. I did, Adam. Tell us what you picked for Sweet Spot there. Okay, so Sweet Spot went up to level 3, took another level in Scout course is just staying uh with the one role there uh he did pick up uh, a little bit of extra armor class uh a little bit of the base attack bonus saves went up a little and some skills uh he also picked up a feat called quick footed which lets him add his skill master bonus to his initiative so his initiative is now plus 10. You're just going to be going first every time, aren't you? That's the dream. <laughs> Whole position, baby. That's one thing we really haven't talked about too much either, uh, multi-classing. Did anyone uh, even consider it? I did. Nope. nope. 
I thought about uh, getting a little beefier, maybe taking taking uh, one of the other classes, like a soldier type. Okay. You could have a little little race car next to you, a little companion. Yeah, but ah, the aesthetics ah. would be ruined, I think. <laughs> well, then you'd have to get two, so it's symmetrical. <laughs> you could get a I, I mean, uh, augmented really, I mean, if I want to keep my companion leveling, I have to sort of stick with it. Yeah. Makes sense. There's a there is an AC penalty when you multi-class as well because otherwise if you just took like one drops of every class your AC would actually jump up dramatically. Uh if we didn't have the AC penalty for it, it's just kind of the way the the way the math worked out for it because all of your your AC bonuses are based on your uh, your your class. So that grows as you level in your class. So there is a, a small penalty for it, but there's definitely uh, something that has to be said for draw, getting like a one drop in a particular level. Uh, one thing that I've kind of seen is the level one rogue, I'm oh, sorry, not the rogue, uh, the level one scouts with other classes is a fairly powerful combination. That's what you guys were fighting uh, back when you first got to the plaza. The sniper that you were fighting was a scout one Soldier 2. I don't know if that was really fighting. Like, you don't fight snipers. You just endure snipers. Yep. Like, shot by him a bunch of times and then evaporated. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Still a very good move there, uh, there, Mike, with your your dive bomb right into him. What was his name, Mike? Fight snipers. Red Mist. (laughs) (laughs) The sniper's name? Yeah. Evaporated. It doesn't matter what his name is. (laughs) (laughs) Not anymore. (laughs) Nice. All right, so we need to talk about rewards, don't we? Yes, please. You sure? Yes. Okay. <laughs> if, if you really want it, I can. But mm-hmm. if it's ju- if it's just sweet spot, I, I think we should just we should just pass on it. Show of hands, <laughs> one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, everyone wants it. We, we <laughs> I already got emails. No way to disprove <laughs> that. <laughs> You're not going to get anything from Hardtop or Diurnal because you didn't actually kill them. You bargained with them. We can fix that. But here is what you do find. You find a thousand UPBs worth of a scavenge material, an astrogator's toolkit, a laser drill, and a vial of silver metal nitro. Isn't that a Velocitronian drug? How would you possibly know that? <laughs> just, just from the name, I'm guessing. <laughs> totally out of character. Well, since you spoiled it already, we'll go, ahead, <laughs> we'll go ahead and go and talk about the silver metal nitro. All right, so here's what the what this uh, what this does. So, metal nitro is a liquid metal laced with energon particles. When you introduce it to a transformer with a vehicle alt mode, it supercharges their engine to the extreme, potentially damaging heights. Sounds sexy. As a move action, you can crush a capsule of metal nitro into a vehicle's energon reservoir, which increases your base speed and full speed for a total of five rounds. If you fail to accelerate to your full speed within one round of using the metal nitro, or if you drop below your full speed at any point in those five rounds, you take damage based on the type of metal nitro that you're under. If you are prevented from moving your full speed, you also take the damage. So if someone kind of grapples you and, and just holds you in place and your engine's kind of spinning on the ground, uh, you're, you're going to take some hits. Good luck grabbing me. 
If a bot takes it in primary form or animal form, they immediately get two additional move actions for that turn and increase their speed to three times their base. For the duration, they must utilize all their available movement or take the appropriate damage. Uh, the movement provokes attacks of opportunity as normal, and it increases the DC to avoid attacks of opportunity by two, because you are not uh, exactly in control of yourself. Uh, if you are successfully hit by an attack of opportunity, uh, or any attack while under the influence of this, you must make a fortitude save, which is going to be a DC 10 plus the damage dealt, uh, to continue moving at full speed, otherwise you will take the listed damage. Uh, there are four kinds of metal nitro. The one you found is silver, which is one and a half times your speed, and the damage is 1d6. There's gold, which gives you double speed, 3d6 damage. Platinum is two and a half times, 66 damage. And then star, silver, star metal nitro, uh, three times your speed, and 10d6 damage. Can uh, this be put into somebody's energon portal against their will. Like sure. This sounds like a really great grapple and poison sort of situation. And then hold them down and they just burn from the inside out. <clears throat> if you want to be mean to them, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I suddenly don't like the idea of this circulating in the party anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, everything is a weapon to me. Now, Sweet Spots, you as a Velocitronian, you know that Metal Nitro is a drug from Velocitron... That's gotten popular in the Iacon Underground. It is an import from Velocitron where it is highly illegal, mm. but it is prized in underground street races. Ah, well, being an illegal narcotic, I suppose I will be opposed to the use of it in any other way than a weapon. <laughs> is it illegal on Cybertron? If it's part of the Underground, I would assume so. Uh, there are no laws against it on Cybertron. It's illegal on Velocitron, but Cybertron has made no laws against it. So. Are there a lot of drugs? Like Transformer drugs? Maybe. What are you thinking? I'm just... It's more the... Uh, the there's still a fuzziness in my head as to like how biological or organic or... like Under normal circumstances, we're like immune to poison because... We're not organic, but are there transformer poisons, which are effectively like sentient nanoparticles or you know something along those lines that function like poisons, except they only work on transformers? You're immune to all biological poisons. Okay. So technological poisons, theoretically. Yeah, there's actually a few listed under the alt mode in the animal, because mm. some of them can have poison. Well, I figured that would be more of like a, a chemical synthesizer. Well, it is, sort of. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of, they are sort of like that. Uh, the Astrogator's toolkit it gives you plus four to piloting checks for navigation. Uh, and a laser drill is a small uh, a small drill that can drill through through uh, uh, sheets of metal. Like, like thin sheets of metal, not like one, two feet thick sheets of metal. But it, it can like drill through like the skin of a transformer. Does it have the, uh, the penetrating quality? I looked it up. It's a lousy weapon. <laughs> it's, it's definitely a tool. Right. Yeah. I don't know if it. Uh, I was going to ask at some point um, in this in this particular universe because I know like there's in like the Starfinder given universe there's like critters like uh, like the Migo and that sort of thing floating around. 
Is there, do uh, they have any of the Lovecraft sort of inspired aliens in this universe? Oh, yeah. I mean, bear in mind that, you know, like Cybertron is just one planet. There are thousands of other planets that we, we can potentially go to. So all of this kind of crazy stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That's fascinating and terrifying. You have successfully defeated your enemies. And now you have some time to kill. Well, it depends on the timepiece. If it's sentient or not. Clockatron. <laughs> so a number of you had some things that you wanted to uh, to address that you told me about. A sweet spot. You wanted to uh, address the legal issues that Magnum could have been facing? Uh, yep. I wanted to find a precedent, possibly within uh, the legal system, for the world that wants to try him for the crime, where... You know, there are similar circumstances that would have led to an innocent uh, verdict, uh, first off. And then, barring that, uh, try to find something local, you know, from Cybertron that could be used as a for instance. Uh, so you contact your your boss on the council. So you contact Knockout to Knockout. try and get... See if you can get some some extra help from Velocitron. See if you can get some some legal counsel and see if just what you can do. Maybe, who knows? Maybe Velocitron will be able to to help represent him and to and to kind of help out with this. That that is my hopes. Uh, so you head over to the council chamber to meet with Knockout, uh, and the moment you get into your alt mode, you are grinding up on the street because your tires are all flat. Oh. They all Rex. have they all have little puncture holes. <laughs> Rex, what? When? When were you chewing on my tires? When am I not chewing on your tires? That <laughs> is true. They're so soft and round. And mine. They're like these things called donuts. Magnum told me about. Yeah. Do you have spares on you? No. You probably ate them. If you did. <laughs> I made sure to point out where your spares were. <laughs> oh, no sense in doing something halfway. So helpful, so thorough, so done with it. He said he was testing them. I thought it would be helpful. Yeah, you should get tougher tires. <laughs> Run flats or something. It should be perfectly good for you now. You know, I'm going to introduce you to a dentist. <laughs> or several. Rex, they were delicious. They were. All right, so I guess I'm up for a brisk jog. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I need to work on my foot speed a little. All right. Uh, yeah, you can get a, a a meeting with Knockout, and he asks. He beats around the bush a little bit, as a, a typical politician would, but he wants to know why, why Velocitron should help a Scarvixian. You're a Scarvixian. He's actually actually a Cybertronian, originally. Uh, maybe. <laughs> do, you, do you mean that you want to know why Velocitron should get involved in Scarvik's law? Exactly. Well, to clear a name of uh, someone on my team, it's a grand gesture to promote uh, unity. Aside from a symbolic gesture, what was it? Uh, what's it going to to get us? Is he fast? Well, he transforms into a building. So, in that regards, no, he is not very fast. 
In fact, his speed clocks at a mere zero in those regards. But he's a quick thinker. He, he looks at you like he's really smart. bizarre. Like, he's like, very sharp. Like, like how, how is this possible? Like a speed of zero? He's a keen investigator. Remember, we all have our, our top speeds rated in different skills. But Magnum actually is a, a great help to the team. And if my team is successful in uncovering Cybertron first, that will also be a great help to Velocitron in calming things down here on Cybertron. What do you need Velocitron to do? I merely need uh, research done. Uh, I can't do all of it myself, at least not in the timely fashion that we have. Just need to find some uh, some sort of legal precedent that we could use, possibly even uh, offering some uh, legal aid, some experts in the legal aspects of his case. Help his defense. Hmm. Help shore it up, you know? Make sure that he'll uh, come back and be a part of the team. Help put us on the map here on Cybertron. We might be able to offer some assistance with research, but uh, none of the none of our of our people are experts in Cybertronian law. You're going to need to to find a someone who is knowledgeable in that. Most likely, is going to be Scarvik's law, I believe, where uh, he's going to be standing trial or have to defend his his own uh, worth. Hmm. In any case, keeping the peace between our three worlds could only help in the future. I mean, just think of all the things that Velocitronian could uh, export to both these worlds, help improve their cultures. Or the things they could import to our world. True. There are a few things that uh, come to mind. Not many, but uh, I believe we have more to offer to them than they have to offer to us. I'm thinking if, if he can transform into a building, could he transform into... Mm, just say, a mobile pit stop. Quite possibly. I had not thought of asking him about that. I was going to say, he is the beginning and end of a race. That's huge. (laughs) You are the place where the glory happens. The Alpha and the Omega. He is the Magnum. (laughs) (laughs) The Omagnum. Oh, Magnum. Oh, Magnum. Magnum, 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 Magnum. So in an attempt to bullshit just helping you, you just became the king of their planet. <laughs> He's a place? Yep. He's a racetrack. He's a, <laughs> He's a destination. A reason for going. We don't have any any bots on Velocitron that can become a, a mobile race center. You're thinking that possibly bots with his skill set could go as part of a racing team from track to track, city to city. Am I not not mistaken? That could work, yes. Yes. The downside is that uh, the illegal racers would use <laughs> such technology and knowledge to race outside of the tracks in the Savage Lands. And you just kind of look at you like horrified. Like, why would people do that? Some people just can't qualify for the big tracks, but they still want to go fast. I understand the need for speed, though... We do have laws and regulations. We do need to uphold. Honorable Velocitronians aren't going to race outside the city. Oh, of course not. Of course not. We can't ignore the fact that it happens, though. So, what say you? Hmm. Want to help a bot out? Show some good faith? Maybe learn a little something about uh, foreign laws? Next time I'm back home, I will speak with Override and see what she has to say. We might be able to, to come to an understanding... And you can kind of see like the like the thoughts kind of going through his eyes, like, hey, maybe I can 
do this to my advantage. And of course, you know that Override is the leader of Velocitron. Oh, yes. I know of Override. Very nice. Well, thank you very much for your consideration and a speedy result. Of course. Good day to you, sir. And good day to I you. I say good day. I say good day. <laughs> I say good day to you. <laughs> Two hours later. <laughs> good evening. Good evening. It won't actually take that long. It never does. You were just pimped out somehow. I, uh... <laughs> Not pretty sure what happened. I sense a disturbance. <laughs> Four days of chaos follow Hardtop's capture. Colonists and neutrals have taken their protection into their own hands, forming vigilante groups that patrol the streets at night, offering the only real safety to be found in the city. Those that are unlucky or stupid enough to brave the unpatrolled areas find their way to central reclamation, uh, usually in pieces. Starscream attempts to rein in the violence by instituting a curfew once night falls, but so far it's had little impact on the unrest. While the city holds its breath waiting for C1's next move, all of you help out the ISS with their open investigations, running down suspects, tabulating evidence, and assuring all the citizens that you are doing everything possible to put an end to the threat of Cybertron first. As evening approaches on the fourth day, there is a quick knock on your door before it opens, revealing Ironhide and Quick Switch. Team, we have a mission for you. There's been a threat against the Opibus Collection Station, Iacon's first Energon Harvester. Chief Ironhide tells me his security personnel are stretched too thin to handle it. I suggested sending you to escort the transports. Ironhide looks apprehensive and a bit embarrassed at being called out like this as he moves up to, to talk to you. This should be a simple escort mission, there and back in four days. Of all the threats the city faces, this one is the least credible. It's probably just C1 having a laugh at us. We've been seeing a lot of those lately. But even if it is fake, we still need to check it out. Uh, you can make a culture or physical science check if you want. I think I'll do a culture check. So where are they going from where to where? What is, what are they, what are we, what is the escort for? They want you to escort an Energon transport to a place called Opibus Collection Station. My culture, I got a 21. <coughs> I have a 4. In culture? Both. I have a four. In what? It doesn't matter. I have a four. <laughs> Rex? Rex has a unnatural 20. In? Uh, culture. Culture, all right. I became cultured. That is unnatural. Zephyr got a 28 in culture. Fuck. No one wants to do that. <laughs> well, we don't have biological... It doesn't matter! <laughs> if he did, it would be cultural. Yeah. Thagris got a 24. Culture? Yes. Did anyone roll on physical science? No. What's uh, what's physical science? Twenty-seven. Science that gets physics. Yeah, that, that the question was the answer. Zephyr got twenty-four. All right. So Zephyr, uh, Zephyr and Pythagoras both made the DC for physical science. Uh, so you can tell, Energon harvesters are semi-automated collection platforms built over naturally occurring energon deposits. They can mine crystals, gather liquid energon 
or collect energon-charged gases. The energon is stored in the facility until massive transport ships transfer it to a more usable site. So they're like giant magnums? Yeah, yeah, we'll go with that. Magnum, you're going to evolve soon. <laughs> I, I'm going to be a giant pit stop that collects energon. <laughs> Magnum has evolved. <laughs> Uh, and as far as the culture, uh, everyone made it, so you all know about uh, Opibus. Opibus Collection Station, called Oaks, is a harvesting platform that was built over the first naturally occurring energon pool discovered on the planet. It went operational two weeks ago, and two large transports make the run every few days to get loaded up with raw energon. The Collector provides about 10% of the total energon consumption of the city, with the rest coming primarily from solar generation and imports. Wait, we only discovered an energon pool on Cybertron two weeks ago? Don't forget that the planet was essentially reformatted not too long ago. Oh, we're talking like underground chemical composition. Uh, there, bits of it are flowing up to the surface, but yeah, like the... the the whole planet was pretty much like reformatted, and that's what sent out the signal calling everyone back to the planet. Is so this, this like black blood of the Cybertron? You know, energon. Yeah, like I'm an energon pool. No, he means black blood of the Cybertron. Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> you got it. Good. Is this like the, the blood of the planet? Essentially. So we're like doing the Final Fantasy VII, where it's sucking up the energy, and the whole planet's gonna die. Cool. Delicious. And you would know too that just like over the like, over the last like thousands of years, like as the the war came to an end, Cybertron was drained dry of energon because of the war effort. But you do know that it, it does essentially replenish itself as long as Cybertron's not or so, as long as Cybertronians aren't using up too much energon on a daily basis and like, over the the course of, of like stellar cycles. It could sustain the Transformer race for a very, very long time, if not permanently. But something like a war effort takes a lot of resources. So the Energon could not regenerate naturally. So let's uh, crack open a can of that fresh Cybertron blood. <laughs> <laughs> can, like, can we just like, ingest Cybertron? Like, Would that be like, tasty or... Yeah. It's more like drinking blood. Like the energon you're talking about? Yeah, like just, if, we just cook, if we went swimming in the energon pool, we become like a god. And like how, how does the re- interaction between us and it? It would be like like if you kind of went to like a, like a freshwater lake and just drank the water there. It would sustain you, sure, but it might not be pleasant. Because bots leak in it. Oh. Especially Rex. It doesn't kill you, makes you stronger. Or puts you in the hospital for a week. Why is it grape flavored? You'll never know. Uh, so do you guys have any questions for Ironhide or Quickswitch? What's the threat that you guys heard of? What are we supposed to be protecting from? Another uh, bombing threat. But it's so far outside the city that uh, they would be able to see anyone coming. They have detection systems there, too, so if a, a ship was approaching, then they would know about it. That's why we think it's, uh, we think it's a ruse. What's, uh, what's being bombed? Is it the station itself or one of the transports? The station itself. 
If a bomb did go off in the station, it would be devastating because there are, are tanks of raw energon uh, being stored there. If the blast reaches the energon pool itself, well, that would, would detonate the whole pool. And that would be devastating to our, uh, uh, to our fledgling energon, energon industry here. That sounds bad for everyone. It definitely it does. does. So when you say we're escorting, are we like running alongside of a thing, or are we riding a very large vehicle and just protecting it? It's a it's a, a large ship. It's like a, a it's a, a massive transport. You'll be riding on top of it. Okay. And within. Okay. It's a it's a couple of floors. Okay. That's what I was saying. I wasn't sure if it was like another car, but since we're as big as cars, you know. How fast is it? It it's it's pretty slow. Oh, sorry yeah. to say. I could tell just by the description of how slow it is. But this is, what, 10% of the uh, total uh, energon that's produced for, for us here on Cybertron? Right now it is, yes. Uh, we're hoping to uh, to discover more uh, more energon pools around, and we're hoping to uh, to build a more efficient uh, harvesting system with, uh, within Oaks so we're not as reliant on uh, on imported energy from, from Velocitron, you say. Well, considering that... Uh, it is a small but important part of the energon consumption. Uh, I'm sure you have to take the threat seriously, even if you have high suspicions that it's not real. And considering how devastating a bomb would be if it did detonate near or in this pool, you definitely uh, want to have some good security there. However, you're going to have to ask us nicely. Well, what I heard was... 10% of a planetary level it's industry. Considerable. Yeah, I'm like, that's like, fuck tons of money or, you know, the equivalent. So I hope that we're well outfitted to protect this percentage of an entire industry. It's a guy who can talk well. I hear what you're saying, Carapace. Which is why, and he kind of looks behind him, uh, and in the door is a very unassuming bot that saunters in. Actually, no, he doesn't saunter. He kind of like, like struts. <laughs> <laughs> no, he kind of just like 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 shuffles into the the room. This is big cockatron, as you can tell. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> oh my god, is it Barnabas? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, uh, in the doorway you see a uh, a very small, uh, very small bot. He shuffles into the the room. I am Accountant Bot 4001. Your employment paperwork has been finished, and your uh, your pay accounts are now all set. Uh, if you would take a look at your personal data devices, you will find that your, your first pay of 2,000 Shanix is should be deposited in your account. I just made a computer use of uh, 19 to check that out. I don't think you need to roll to check your own bank account. Yeah, but I did it quickly. <laughs> He's got a lot of security in there. <laughs> you forget the pin number. <laughs> paperwork? Do we use paper? Or is that just a figure speech? It, it, it's for the humans okay. listening to the show. Okay, okay. I just <laughs> want to make sure. So critical on everything. <laughs> I'm trying to be immersive. All of the data of your personal information and your, your credit accounts. You did give us the information for your credit account so you can be paid, correct? Like... <laughs> Huh? <laughs> yeah, I guess, did we? <laughs> when would we ask the two? Is this one of those things that you set up for me? Like, the thing I was like, I don't care about this so long as I get paid? I don't know, probably. You're supposed to say yes there. 
Yes, I do things so quickly, sometimes I forget that I've done them. <laughs> and AccountBot4001 will uh, will take a look at his, his, uh, his data pad there. Yes, Carapace, your account was set up by an Ambassador Sweat Spot? So close. Good old Sweaty. That's <laughs> never going to <anywhere. laughs> Can we possibly work with... Uh... <laughs> And I'm disappointed that I didn't think of that. Ah. Could we possibly work with uh, account bot uh, 4002? <laughs> I don't understand your question. Will there be anything else? No, no, account bot. You're, uh, you're all set. Go ahead and uh, head back. And uh, account bot 4001 will shuffle out of your lives forever after dropping the best joke in history. And that's obviously the only reason he was here. <laughs> <laughs> Should be renamed a comediatron. <laughs> that's his, uh, that's his night job. That's his job. That's, that's Burnbot 5000 right there. <laughs> uh, where is the fire extinguisher? <laughs> Welcome to the comedy stylings of Burnbot 5000. <laughs> 5000? Delusions of grandeur. So, Ambassador Sweetspot, please, would you and your team be willing to help us out with this, uh, with this credible threat against Oaks? In the interest of uh, keeping up the political climate between Cybertron and Velostron, I would be glad to lend my aid. However, I cannot speak for my team because it is not officially my team. These are individual bots of their own free will. <laughs> Even if it was official, they'd be like, fuck you. <laughs> I don't want to go. That's why I wasn't being something. What do you say, team? Oh, yeah. I'm ready to go. When do you want to leave? Since we've already been paid, right? Uh, when is this all going down? You leave in the morning. Docking port 88. Details have been sent to your personal data units. Good luck, bots. I guess it's time for us to play nursemaid. So, yep, you did get uh, 2,000 Shanix. So, if you do need to pick up anything before you guys leave, you're welcome to. Uh, so, like I said, I, I know we kind of glossed over the um, the time up until this point. But you do have uh, four days uh, in the city. So, if you do want to get any shopping done, you're welcome to. Uh, if there's any skill training that you want to, uh, want to start looking into, uh, don't forget that you have the option of training piloting at the Iacon Speedway, and you have the option to train athletics in the fighting arena. So, Pat, uh, maybe you can explain how the skill training works. Sure. Uh, pretty much what it is is for every rank that you wish to go up in, so if you want to go from no ranks to one rank, it takes 80 hours of training. Uh, there's no skill check involved. It's just a thing that we allow to happen. Um, usually we break it up into eight-hour increments, um, but it's up to the DM to decide that based on our, you know, whatever our schedule happens to be. Um, if you wanted to go from rank one to rank two, it would be twice that, so 160. Uh, and then pretty much it's X times 80, where X is the number of ranks that you are going to. So, <clears throat> 80 hours of work for rank one. 160 hours for rank two, and so on and so forth. So it's it's cheaper to learn skills that you're not good at than to refine skills that you're already good at. So as far as training goes, we have four days. 
how many hours can we allocate per day to training? If you want to do something else during the the day, like for instance with uh, with you, Sweet Spot, you wanted to um, you wanted to to talk with Knockout, and you wanted to kind of uh, see if you can get some legal precedents going for um, for Magnum. You can, if you want to do something like that, you could then take eight hours to actually do skill training. If you're not doing anything else during the day, you can take a full sixteen hours, and then. The remaining time would be just recharging time. So, what if we wore a battery pack? Could we do it twenty-four? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> drink the energon equivalent of Monster Energy drinks. I think. Uh, what's the Cybertronian equivalent of a neurologist? I love it that you ask the important questions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, you stumped him. Magnum has serious memory problems, so. Oh, yeah, he that wants, might be helpful. He wants to see if he can find out if there's any way to recover the memories from his largely destroyed... I know. There's uh, that place where you can, like, upload your memory. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's uh, something like that, you know, on other worlds where you've been. Maybe. So you're looking for, like, a total recall machine. Yeah, well, I mean, as uh, Transformers, we only have so much memory. And that's why there's this service where you can upload your memory... To a cloud server. Data tracks. Data tracks, exactly, yes. So if there's something else like that, either a public service or a, a business that Magnum was involved with on some other planet. But he also doesn't remember doing that either. So, um, But he'd have to call other planets to see. I right. guess that'd be one thing he could do. If, he, I mean, there's if, there's a, if there's interstellar so communication, you'd think that the authorities on Scarfix might have found it by now if it was in his name. But... Um, that well, that's be. what I'll do. He'll. It's a good idea. He'll. He'll try to, to send out uh, business requests. Or I don't know how interstellar communication works, but to see if there's. That to, might be a whole another adventure. Just yeah. Tra- tracking down his memory before his trial. Well, all, all all he can do now is just sort of send messages to other planets, and then try to see an electrician or whatever <laughs> to see if there's anything that can be salvaged from what's left of his brain. You know. Okay. That sounds good. I just spent all my money. I bought a, a winch, which I attached to my grappler, so that now I can connect it to myself. And draw people back in? Yeah. Nice. I can actually pull them back in. Um, I got a repair spider silk program, Mark One. Those attention deflectors, because I have enough slots to actually make them worthwhile. You got reflectors too? Yeah, attention deflectors. Oh, deflectors. Yes. Uh, it's like chameleon stuff, so like I, I can... Yeah, I was talking about like headlight stickers. Yes, yes. Headlight stickers is yeah. what I was talking about. <laughs> Sweet spot getting himself some new, some new stickers? Uh, I was thinking of actually getting real headlights implanted. Maybe. Yeah. yeah might be going under the torch. You mean you're getting implants? Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> What a flashlight's like three credits, right? Uh, enhancements. Or three three shanks? You have Two blue. for five. Do you want high beams? <laughs> it's actually sort of the opposite now, so I don't think his headlights are real. <laughs> I'm still going to stick the stickers over them. <laughs> <laughs> now they're glowing stickers. <laughs> All right, so you can deal with anything that you want to, to buy as you, uh, as you find it, and that's fine. But let's go ahead and move on to the next day. 
you guys head out to the spaceport to uh, to meet the transport that you guys are going to be getting on. Is the so, transport? Is sorry, the, <laughs> that was completely uh, unintentional. <laughs> is it's the trans doesn't like it? Is the transport a transformer? Are you asking someone? Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't tell the difference between vehicles and people. For episode three. <laughs> he was, he was spent two hours talking to a regular vending machine. <laughs> Best conversation I've ever had. You're such a good listener. Yeah. You, uh, it gave me back more than you ever have. <laughs> <laughs> As a vending machine? Did it give you change? Did it give you change? It only gave me back Shan. Two dollar coins. Yeah. Exact change only, please. Mike is just sitting here, like, like shaking his head at us. <laughs> Can't believe these losers. <laughs> and you invited us in. <laughs> What's that say about you? I uh, no, you do not know if the transport's alive. No one has. No one you ask has any particular has any answer for that. Okay. Do we need to roll for that? Life science. Uh, life science. Once you get there, so you can see it. This massive, massive ship docked at one of the berths. It is an incredibly old tanker. It looks like it's been salvaged from some pre-war mining outpost. Uh, and it bears the signs of a very hard life and many rough trips over dangerous ground. Beneath the gashes, dents, and impacts, you can barely make out the name Metallicus. Standing out in stark contrast are the new Energon pods, four massive cylindrical containers held in place by an anti-gravity field along the bottom of the vessel. Uh, you approach the ship to find several automated drones doing the final pre-flight checks, and a bot standing at the entry bridge, looking around as if she were waiting for someone. Is this Hookabot 10,000? <laughs> Your reputation precedes you, Ambassador. <laughs> Does Metallicus have a Autobot or Decepticon symbol on it? Does not. You can make a culture check if you want to uh, for Metallicus. Culture, you say? Sure. I can do culture. I'm cultured. Why not? Natural 20. 21. Natural 11. 22. <laughs> 15. We all have our gifts. <laughs> 24. Told you. I never got a 9 on culture, um, but a 17 for life science. Uh, 22 for life science. Zephyr and Pythagoras both recognize that this is not a living transformer. It is definitely a ship. Uh, however, Zephyr, you are not familiar with it, which makes perfect sense because you didn't grow up around here at all. That's correct. However, the rest of you, with the exception of Rex do recognize the name Metallicus. It was featured in a, a news story that was 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 broadcast uh, not too long ago about the uh, the early days of the, the war, in fact, the, uh, the pre-war days. And the Metallicus featured uh, heavily into the rise of Megatron. Uh, Metallicus was a transport ship on Mesentine. Mesentine is a uh, essentially a mining colony uh, back before the war started. And the Metallicus was the one of the transport ships assigned to the uh, assigned to that colony and that planet. It's again, its biggest claim to fame is that it is one of the very, very few surviving vessels from that long ago, and the fact that 
Megatron has his reputation uh, as an exile on Mesentine before the war started. If only this ship could talk. Seen some shit. Oh yeah. Historical. Well, yeah, spells like animate object really have a whole different twist in the Transformers universe. Spells? What are those? <laughs> Powers like animate object have a whole different twist <laughs> in the Transformers universe. So this is like a, a million year old ship. Oh, even older. Tens of millions. Maybe not that old. Twos of millions. <laughs> they've, obviously, they've obviously not heard of planned obsolescence. Hey, uh, check out your data pads. Apparently, it's still under warranty. Three war warranties were a good thing. So yeah, there's a, uh, a bot standing at the entry bridge looking around as if she was waiting for someone. Do we recognize this bot? Uh, go ahead and make a perception check. Why not? Sweet spot, what'd you get? That would be a 23 for my perception. Very perceptive. 10. 6. Never get 25. Lastronians. Uh, so the Velocitronians and Magnum uh, recognize a small little badge on the uh, on the the bot's chest, uh, and it is the same badge that is next to the door of the ship. Looks like she may be crew. Part of the ship, part of the crew. Does the badge have any meaning? Other than this is the ship. Yeah, you don't think it has any a, a particular meaning aside from just an insignia for the ship. It doesn't look like anything you've seen before. I'll check the uh, data pad that we uh, that we got with the information about our mission. Does it have any uh, any information about a pilot, a captain, a crew member of any sort? Yes, uh, it actually has the crew uh, the crew manifest on it. Uh, it is the it's run by Captain Silverload, and the first mate is Beta Taurus. Silverload, yeah. <laughs> I bet we could get a few bucks for him. <laughs> <laughs> Silver and load. <laughs> Silver and load. Other member's name? <laughs> that was weeks ago. What was the other member's name? Beta Taurus. She is the first mate. Or the equivalent of a first mate. Also known as Hookabot 10,000. <laughs> uh, also known as Second Bull. Are there, are there other, like, protectors other than just us, or are we the entire protection team? Uh, as far as you know, it's uh, just you guys, aside from the, the crew. Okay. We're here because they're, they're stretched a little too thin. Yeah. Hey, Magnum, do you still have that uh, bomb-sniffing equipment? Yes, I do. You want to give the ship a once-over? Yeah, he'll, he'll do a, a scan of the ship for... Tritillin, tritinium explosives. Tritinoroid. Tritinoroid, that too. <laughs> uh, so you're not going to talk to her or anything? You're just going to walk over the ship and check it out? Oh, oh I'll, <laughs> I'll go talk to her. Give her a pat down. <laughs> 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 no, I'll say hi. Okay. Well, who's going up to say hi? Good morning, ma'am. I will. We're, uh, we've been uh, sent here to uh, keep an eye on your ship. You must be the Council's security detachment. Yes, indeed. That's us. Good. We're going to get underway soon. The captain and the rest of the crew are on board. My name is Beta Torres. I am the first mate of the Metallicus. I will be your main contact while you're on the ship. Nice to meet you. I'm Magnum. This is Sweet Spot. Hello. Carapace. Hey. Rex. And Zephyr. Very nice to meet you. I'm sure you'll want to do a security sweep first. Come on. I'll show you around. 
Oh, yes. That'd be excellent. Thank you very much. Uh, she ushers you up the, uh, across the, the Dockman Bridge, and she will uh, start giving you uh, a tour of the, the ship. Is uh, Captain Silverload aboard already? Yes, he's on the bridge. Very good. Uh, Magnum, you wanted to do a scan of the ship. Did you want to do it before or after? I'll do it after because I can't move around while I'm doing that, so I'll just wait till I see the area and then I'll stop. Uh, So (laughs) my question is, the order of operations is first walk around inside of the building before you chest it for bombs? I don't see a problem with this. (laughs) Okay, I just want to make sure we're on the same page. Yeah, they're not planning to blow it up here. Allegedly. (laughs) (laughs) The, uh, The threat was made against the the station, right? Not the vehicle. Correct. Okay. Yeah, but the vehicle could blow up as it goes into the I, station, I know the right? vehicle could be the way that they transport a bomb there. Therefore, we'll check it after we get the tour. They don't want it to blow up here. Allegedly. Allegedly. Asterisk. Yeah, she uh, shows you around. In terms of scale, the uh, the transport is essentially the size of like one of our like uh, one of our oil tankers. Uh, it is. Huge. 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 Uh, it is 200 feet or 40 spaces long, uh, 30 feet or 6 spaces high, uh, and it is hovering 50 feet or 10 spaces off the ground. So we don't want to fall off this thing. You do not. Uh, the ship is going to move forward every round as straight as possible, going around any obstacles and encounters. Uh, its path is programmed, but it can be taken off autopilot. Uh, but there is there's not really any landmarks to navigate by. So if it's taken off autopilot, it may be difficult to kind of get back on track as to where you're supposed to be going. Uh, it is going to take 10 rounds for it to stop under its own power if it's empty. 30 if it is fully loaded. So it's a total of uh, 80 feet or 16 spaces from the top to the ground. If it crashes, I, I suspect it'll stop a lot faster. It will. So there are two Energon turrets, both at the fore and aft of the ship, uh, that can be manned. They have a, a, a limited firing range, so they have a 180 degrees off the off whatever side they're on, uh, 60 degrees up, 30 degrees down. So can this thing fly, or is it just sort of hover? It is not – you think at one point it was probably designed for like interstellar flight, but with all the damage and all the, the dents and bruises it's taken over its life, you don't think it's, it's space-worthy anymore. But can it, it, you said it goes 50 feet of the ground and goes around obstacles. Does it sort of stay at a constant 50 feet above the ground pretty much the whole way? Yeah, it can raise and lower a little bit if needed, but it's, it's not going to be leaving the atmosphere. It's not going to be getting like – Hundreds of feet into the air. Say there was like a mountain in the way. Would it stay 50 feet over the mountain? Or can it be like... It, it's it would level ground. It would likely go around it if it could. But if not, then it would attempt to traverse it. If the mountain's too steep, it likely wouldn't be able to do it. So it's, sort of like, it's sort of like repulsor lift then. It has to push against the ground yeah. as opposed yeah. to <coughs> flying on its own. Plus, we could probably just ask the mountain to uh, you know transform a new move. <laughs> <laughs> Pardon Mount- us, we'd like to get by. Could you move, please? Mountain? Please transform into a valley. Mountain, are you alive? <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm not. You, you, you joke. You joke. Yeah. But, yeah. We know. We uh, know, Pat. Primus' eyebrows. <laughs> Mountatron. <laughs> not what you think it is. <laughs> Everestus Rex. 
So yeah, Taurus will uh, show you around the, the entire ship, uh, introduce you to the, the crew. She introduces you to a bot named Rail, uh, the chief engineer. She introduces you to a bot named Blue Shift Prion, who seems to be one of the, uh, the younger members of the crew. And yeah, what would you guys like to do? I'll do that scan first. Do a scan? Transform and, and do the uh, scan of the whole ship. Why did he just transform? What is he doing? He's performing his uh, security duties. Don't mind me, I'm just uh, checking for pineapples. What are pineapples? It, it's a human phrase. It's a name for a certain type of grenade. TNT, explosive thingies. You can do that? You can detect explosives? To a degree, yes. Ooh, no wonder you were assigned here. Sense motive, is anyone surprised when they hear this? Amongst the people that we've just met? Oh, the bots on the, the ship? Uh, yes, please. Sense motive, do it. Yeah, does anyone seem suddenly worried that we're scanning for bombs? Ho ho ho! 22 for Carapace. That would be a 28 for Sweet Spot. At 11, oh, Rex got an 11. 25 for Magnum. So, Sweets, Carapace, and Magnum. Uh, yeah, you, uh, you're kind of watching uh, the, all the bots' reactions. You're watching Taurus's reaction, and Rail, and Prion, and just, it's just seeing if some of them are uh, kind of giving you the, the kind of shocked expression. It's like, huh, they can skip for bombs? And no, everyone is fairly calm. Now, the sweet spot, you do notice a little bit of apprehension, but you think it's more along the lines that this, this, this potential threat has just become credible to them because you guys are here now. Before, it was just, okay, someone said, we're going to, you know, put a bomb on Oaks. Oh, well, we know, what, whatever. But. <laughs> now it's not only plausible. The bomb squad's but, Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. But we've actually exactly. got an expert scanning for bombs, so it's uh, most even possibly likely. Right. So, you know, you don't get the sense that anyone is, is surprised that you're, you're scanning for bombs. The only surprise that's really there or the only apprehension that's there is the fact that this is now very real to them. Well, good. They should take it seriously. Are there any other security precautions you would like to take before we lift off? I'm going to go up to make sure that the guns can actually fire. Uh, sure. I don't think you really need to roll anything for that. I'm sure that there'll be a diagnostic on the, on the weapons. Uh, so yeah, you go ahead and you take a, a look, quick look at the, uh, the Energon turrets. And uh, they do, on a successful hit... 10d6 electricity and fire damage. Okay, so they're plasma weapons. Plasma. Does the scan reveal anything? Uh, the scan reveals that there is no tritinoroid at all, with the exception of the trace amounts that are on all of you. Oh, from the various explosions we've been <laughs> yes. pursuing to? Maybe we should have washed up. It's sort of sad when we start accumulating it. <laughs> But you don't think there's enough trace amounts on you guys to really cause any, any big problems. Wait a minute, what if there is? What if the way they we're get the bomb, the bomb there is we're the bomb? <laughs> any other awesome. questionable signals, sights, sounds, smells? No. The uh, everything seems within kind of within nominal uh, nominal procedures for you and for the ship, so nothing unusual has has piqued your interest. Uh does anyone have uh 
considerable experience with computers. Right here. I got a six myself. Um, maybe we could check out the crew through the uh, uh, security database before we get out of range. New background checks? Yes. yes. Anybody exactly super right. new? Like well, that, there right? was a new guy, right? The blue guy? Well, he said he was a young guy. He didn't say he was like first day on the job, did you? Well, that's what we want to check. Right? Everyone was, all the crew was uh, at least two weeks in, right? All of the crew is new to the ship because the, the route is fairly new. It's right has been going on for two weeks. But the guy I mentioned, uh, Blue Shift Prion, does seem a little, um, he seems like a very young bot. So, so like blue is green? Years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> half a million. <laughs> When's the last time the ship, they've been running the ship for two weeks? Yep. When was the last time, like yesterday or two hours ago? Or? Uh, it arrived back two days ago, and it's scheduled to go out today, like in the next hour or so. <clears throat> he could actually be a millennial. <laughs> literally, yeah. You're like, wow, you're literally in your less uh, than ten thousand. Yeah, friggin' lazy millennials. <laughs> I'm definitely a boomer. <laughs> Jokes are getting better, people. <laughs> they do get better with age. <laughs> Give us a few more months, we might even be funny. Or a few more years. Well, I'm, I guess okay. Pythagoras will check the background. He'll also. I'd like to do Zephyr. Maybe you can do an engineering workup on the ship to detect anything. Oh, I thought you were doing a background check on him. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you hear, Zephyr? Wait a minute. Did we ever do that? <laughs> That's, That's why he's playing. I wasn't going to mention this is it. This a plant. We, we appreciate your honesty, Magnum. <laughs> I don't know any of you assholes. <laughs> I noticed that you're adding our names to that list of suspects. <laughs> I was wondering why. All right, so uh, computers check then. I am going to aid. I'll roll for each member here and then tell whoever's going to do the main check. You can do uh, just one overall roll. Oh, okay. Zephyr's going to aid as well. Okay, and Zephyr, you were doing an engineering check or something? Uh, I'll do that after. I'm going to help him with the background check first. Okay. We all help her. Ah, uh, yeah, if you have a computer. <laughs> I do, I don't have much. 17 gives you plus 2. I got a 10, is that plus 2? You yeah. got to hit 10, I just hit it. Thagras got a 17 on his computer checks with all the help. So you do your background check, and uh, you do find out some information about the crew that might be of interest to you. Taurus was a, a, a former Autobot. Uh, she was pretty much just a, a grunt on the on the front lines of the, the war. Uh, she did make a fairly a fairly public display of giving up her uh, her badge uh, a few weeks ago when uh, when Starscream gave up his not a few weeks but a, a while ago when Starscream made his big uh, his big show of giving up his badge as well. Did a, uh, lot, of, did a lot of people do that then? Yeah, like. Pretty much anyone who stayed in the city and, and did not want to be associated with Autobots or Decepticons, they gave up there. So it was like a, a noticeable percentage of the population. Certainly. So a lot of these neutrals, quote-unquote neutrals, were not neutrals during the war. C1 is really... <laughs> complicated. Yeah. Uh, Silverload is a Decepticon. Uh, he is a former captain of a patrol craft that spent the war out in the Tenebrous sector, scouting for planets that could feed the uh, Decepticon war effort. So he actually has experience in 
looking for resources and such. Correct. Surveying and whatnot. That's right. Okay. Uh, Blue Shift Prion is a recent immigrant from Keminus. Uh, there's no criminal record or anything, or no record aside from just his, his immigration report. How long ago? Uh, right when the shit, right when the Metallica started uh, making its run, so two weeks ago. Hmm. Uh, and Rail, the uh, chief engineer, uh, he has a record of a few arrests, and he was identified as a member of Cybertron First. But P.S. Prime suspect was a member. Good job, member. Uh, it doesn't say anything about his current affiliation, just that he was arrested as a member of Cybertron First. How long ago was he arrested? It would have been a few months, like the very early days of Cybertron First. So not everybody in Cybertron First is necessarily a murderous maniac, right? Not necessarily. I didn't know that we had any former members kicking around. Yeah, that's interesting. Well, if he was uh, arrested, then he was doing something overtly criminal. Was he prosecuted or anything? I mean, just because you're arrested doesn't necessarily mean anything, right? They let him go two days later. Right. The charges were eventually dropped, but it's, it still does show on his record that he was arrested. But they don't actually know if he was a member or not. They just That's why they arrested him. Uh, he was arrested during a, an altercation at a bar at a Blur's, of all places. He got into a fight, and apparently uh, either him or the people around him were spouting off uh, Cybertron first stuff. Oh, trash talk. Zephyr, you think you could uh, talk to your girlfriend over there at Blur's and see if maybe you can get some footage of the, that night? See exactly what he what it was he did? I can find out. All right. That'd be cool. I'll give her a call. All right. You do that. We'll wait over there. You would think that, like, since this is like a really recent, like, blink of an eye recent terrorist organization that having any association and be like, hey, there's a bomb threat. Oh, yeah, what about the guy who literally works for them? Yeah, who who screened these people? Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Seriously. Well, you're talking about an organization that hired us, so, I mean. I know, I'm like, it must be Ironhide. It's, it's the only, yeah, that's, I like that's Ironhide. Exactly you know, I know you like Well, I think. <laughs> you hate Ironhide, Adam. <laughs> no, uh, that's what I'm saying. It's like, did Ironhide do the security checks on these people? Yeah. Exactly. Were they? Were they? Who's in charge of this transport? Like, is this their own company kind of thing? Like, or is this a me- is this train to pick up a truck? Or is it run by the state? It, yeah, it'd be run by the state. So they must know this. Somebody knows this. Yeah. Somebody knows this. I know. Good. Right Let's all go get around him in a circle. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's throw Mike off. Listen, and buddy. Replace all the crew. <laughs> We're crew. We can be the crew. Woo! Pirates again. <laughs> yes! Always. <laughs> Yar. Ho, ho, ho. Now I have. A transport. <laughs> <laughs> we'll steal it and get away slowly, 50 feet above the ground. <laughs> Until we run into something. Just try to get us. <laughs> I'll scout ahead. <laughs> there they're walking after us. <laughs> so should we talk to him or should we talk to like the captain? Uh, maybe crew, check right? the captain first. Ask the captain. Go through the good review with the captain first, maybe. Yeah, he, he might have uh, an issue with us interrogating his crew without his knowledge. And he might be able to give us some insight, too, about, you know... Like if he knows, he's like, oh yeah, we talked about it. He doesn't blow up anything that flies, so we're okay. <laughs> <laughs> or he only blows things up that fly. 
This is like the Casablanca of flying things. Alright, cast off. Well, go no, go cut to attack the cap. Well, are we doing engineering stuff and checking oh, yeah, the brakes and systems and stuff as well? Yep. Can I, I will aid. By we, I mean you. <laughs> Thagrid's got a 29 to 8 engineering, which I believe is plus 4. Yeah, anybody else? Okay, so that gives a 22 to engineering. Alright, so you are trying to just make certain that all your syst- all the systems are running correctly and everything. Okay. Let's do a scan diagnostic, make sure everything's up and running, nothing's... About to fail or sabotage or anything. Look for any for any Anomalies. unusual power drains or implanted devices too. Nothing that you find is unexpected, but as you're examining through the the ship's, the ship's systems, it all looks very very patchwork. Like there's been many many repairs over its life. You, you don't think anything unusual is draining power from the systems or any. It's, you're not getting any unusual readings or anything. It's just that it, it feels like a really, really old chip that's been stitched back together. All the, all the numeric displays are Roman numerals. That sort of thing. We had a question about the uh, turrets. Are they going to be fired using our base attack and range, or is it going to be more along uh, starship combat rules where we're using piloting to operate the, the weapons? Base attack and dex. Base attack and dex, okay. All right. That's settled. Okay, uh, and you're heading up to the bridge to talk to the captain? Aye. Okay. Uh, Alright, so Taurus will uh, will continue along with the tour and kind of end up in the, the bridge. The main lift to the bridge is right this way. Let's go meet the captain. Yes, let's go meet the captain. Bing! I don't like elevators. I have to say that right now. I prefer stairs. <laughs> ramps, ramps are better, better than stairs, but stairs over elevators for sure. Let me out, please. <laughs> She's gonna elaborate. I can't take it. Bing. Lift gets up to the bridge, and in front of you is Captain Silverbeard. Captain Silverbeard, I presume. Oh my Silver- God, it's, it's Megatron. That's <laughs> Silverload. Is he silver? Nice to meet you. He's very silver. He's silver and black. He does look a bit like Megatron. <laughs> Get him! <laughs> we are pirates now, guys. <laughs> Prominent Decepticon symbol right on his chest. Is it really? Nice to meet you. You must be the new security forces. Nice I... to meet you, Captain. Welcome aboard my ship. Thank you. I run a tight ship. No funny business. He looks over all of you. Stops at sweet spot. Get rid of the clowns. <laughs> <laughs> You, you may be sort of short crude if we get rid of everyone like that. <laughs> Sweaty spot, sir. <laughs> I'm not going to have any trouble from any of you, am I? I certainly hope not. What do you mean, you certainly hope not? Are you going to cause trouble? I'll, I'll be We're trouble. here to stop trouble. Gary, <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be trouble? Yeah. For me? No, for anyone who tries to attack this ship. I just smile and nod. You can make a sense of what you want. I think I like him. I just go along with what everybody says. Seven. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, Fourteen for Sweet Spot. I greatly fumble. It doesn't matter. Twenty-six. Oh my. Uh, Magnum Sweets. Both of you believe him that he is. He's. That's it. You know, this is. 
This is his ship, and if you do anything wrong, he's just going to come down hard on you. But if you treat him fairly and do what you're supposed to be doing, then he will treat you fairly as well. Carapace, you're looking at him, and you just know he's a tough bot and not someone you want to get the bad side of. Okay. And Rex is just scared. <laughs> All of your little bots are running away. No, they <laughs> so what can you tell me about uh, how things have been going the past few weeks? Routine. Things have been going great. There's been no issues, there's been no threats or anything. No issues at all? No, no. Nothing, nothing minor. I run a, like I said, I run a tight ship. I don't put up with any uh, any nonsense on my uh, on my flights. Oh, good for you. It's glad to hear it. Nothing. But nothing, nothing, nothing uh, even minor, like... Unusual? Unusual, or, you Out of know, place? Out of place. Why does it have an echo? <laughs> <laughs> Why is the echo uh, talking before you? <laughs> I'm sorry, just, go ahead, man. You're just faster than me. I didn't mean to interrupt. That's all right. Sorry. I have no idea what I was asking you. Oh. No, there's been nothing unusual. This this threat against Oaks has been the, the first time anyone has threatened has, has threatened my ship or my route. All right, first threat in two weeks. It's uh, one threat per... I have a threat a week. Is that about it? Well, the law of averages, sure. If you want yeah. to go that way. All right. Or it could be just, you know, two threats a month. Oh, that's true. Uh, Taurus, get these folks to their stations. We're lifting off in ten. And Taurus will get you to uh, stations for you guys to monitor everything around it. Uh, monitor everything around you. Uh, you can keep an eye on any radar, any detections, any sensors that you want. Uh, and, yeah, you guys will head out. Do we have stations on the bridge, or are the stations in other parts of the ship that we have to get to. I imagine some of you will be on the bridge and some of you will probably be in the Energon turrets. Maybe some of you are down in engineering. And she will show you where uh, where you need to be. Uh, I imagine, Carapace, you're going to be on one of the turrets. Zephyr, you're probably in engineering. Magni will probably be on the bridge. Rex, Sweets, where would you guys like to be? Uh, I'm a better shot than most other bots here. Except, of course, for Carapace, so I'm most likely going to be in the other turret. Okay. Is there a uh, tire storage <laughs> part of the ship? A.K.A. Yes. the kitchen? The pantry? <laughs> I did pack spares, but they are under lock and key. Yeah. I'll be in Sweaty Spot's room, <laughs> making sure his stuff's put away properly. <laughs> quick, quick. <laughs> you can do that. I'll go wherever they think I should go. I'll probably I have be, no skills. Probably the engine room will be most useful in case you need to keep move stuff around. Zephyr. Yeah, keep an eye on Zephyr. Number one suspect. Absolutely. According to Magnum. <laughs> Actually, before we lift off, could you, could you go check out the moorings at the back of the ship? I have no idea what, you, I have no idea what you're saying, now. so no. <laughs> take off now while it's off the ship. Sense motive. Are Natural we? 50. Are, are you, <laughs> what are you, mother of <laughs> What kind of a dice are you rolling? <laughs> it's not a dice, it's just a... Auto piece, 50. It's just a piece of cardboard with a 50 written on it. <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll crew to your stations. We're lifting off in five, Where four, are the three, two, one. I don't have seatbelts. The engines go off. Mooring docks, the, uh, the boarding dock is retracted. And you guys are airborne. We'll see you next time. When the bomb goes off. Ah! Oh, <laughs>
This is a smooth ride, <laughs> but a slow ride. Record data log two two one two dash A forty second cycle zero eight. Mission report. Code name Empire of Rust. Mission status ongoing. Oversight Commander Game Master Michael Ordway. Squad Commander Magnum, played by Matthew G. Range Combat Specialist Wild Strike, played by Mike M. Melee Combat Specialist Garapis, played by Patrick Finn. Support Melee Combat Specialist Rex, played by Rob Muller. Forward Scout Sweet Spot, played by Adam Achu. Logistics support provided by the Transmissions Network. To support the show, please visit transmissionspodcast.com slash rust. Mission success.